Hey, what's going on? This is your wrestling podcast fix. Follow us on Facebook at the Enzigiri Pro Wrestling Discussions, on Twitter at the Enzigiri, and catch new episodes of the Enzigiri on SoundCloud.com. What's going on, everybody? It's Sunday night, January the 5th, 2020, with another episode of the Enziguri Podcast. This is Fran, and to my left, we have the Cranberry Awesomeness, the El Diablo Extraordinaire, Captain Competitiveness, JCL. JCL, give it up! And to my right, we have the Light of Enthusiasm, the Oracle of the Independence, the man who loves all sequels because of the number two... Deuce! Oh, I am D.B. Richards. D.B. Richards, give it up. Tonight, we have an interview. Yes, an interview, everybody, ladies and gentlemen. Who's the interview going to be with? Grizzly Redwood. Grizzly Redwood. Awesome. Is he on the line? He will be on in a sec. Hey, um, Grizzly, how are you doing today? Hey, what's going on, guys? How you doing? I'm doing great, man. Um, I'm going to try to get a backstory because um, a lot of our listeners are WWE guys. And um, you st- um, I looked up, you were trained by Austin Aries? Yes, sir. Trained by Austin Aries at the Ring of Honor Wrestling School way back in 2005. What was the best advice that he given you? Oh, man, he just he gave us an incredibly solid foundation as far as when you're starting out in wrestling and... Uh, it's hard to narrow it down to one thing, man, because for the large duration of the early part of my career, man, he was there the whole time with advice, knowledge, and, and just guidance. Yeah, I, I have like a um, similar thing with Austin Aries. He has the same birthday as me. No, but he's a, nice, he's, nice. he's a year older than me, but we have the same birthday. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're, you're, veg- you're, you're a vegan too. No, I'm not a vegan, but so he um, so he has this emotional attachment to Austin Aries. Yes, I do. I think it's the birthday thing because we're Aries. So, so what was the uh, like when we were looking up the information? What was the one thing on there talking about with CM Punk? What was that about? Yeah, what was? Uh, honestly, I'm not really sure. I, I, I've only met Punk two or three times. He was the trainer in the school right before I started. That's probably what people were referencing and just didn't realize that, you know, there was a... Little gap. Yeah. <clears throat> so, I, I was looking up your um, um, other characters. You were um, Mitch Franklin. Yeah, that was, that was the, the name I was using when I first started. Um, it was a name given to me by a couple of the other students as a joke. And it's, it's just on that stock. And honestly, I'm glad I didn't have, like, a real crazy out there character when I first started because it gave me a lot of time to kind of grow and learn. Without having to worry about like keeping or building a name. Yeah. So I remember seeing you from Chikara, like the the work that you did there. But what other companies like did you do a lot of um, 
I mean, did you work with a lot? I mean, the bowl game was Chikara Ring of Honor. Uh, Ring of Honor, especially being from the school, took up a, a fair amount of my time, especially when I had times we were running every other weekend, double shots. Uh, a more notable place I worked for, that I like to think I had a little bit of a hand in helping build, was uh, PWX, Pro Wrestling Experience, down run out of Charlotte, North Carolina. Ooh. Yeah, names it, it, <coughs> it rings a bell. It rings a bell. Yeah, yeah a, lot, a lot of good talent down there. So, um, when you got, got into the business, um, what did your parents say? Because, you know, like some parents are out there going, hey, um, I think this is dangerous. Um, we Should you go to school or were they cool with it? Uh, yeah, well, towards the end of high school, my mom was asking what my plans were. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I didn't love being in school. I mean, I like just sitting there. Um, wasn't really thinking college was something I wanted to do. And I, I just knew I wanted to be a pro wrestler. But uh, it took me a few years afterwards to get the ball rolling and go in that direction. And uh, she wasn't too against it because I put a lot into it from the start. Just driving up to school alone about uh, three days a week was about a four and a half hour drive for me. So she knew right away I was pretty dedicated to it. It was pretty supportive. So where did the name Grizzly Redwood come from? Well, when the idea was given to me to try try this character out, um, I had come up with the name Maddie Redwood. I figured Redwood was funny because it's the biggest tree and I'm probably the littlest wrestler on, especially back then on any show. And uh, Adam Pierce didn't think Maddie was a good name. He goes, nah, that's terrible. Uh, you're going to be Grizzly. We'll go Grizzly Redwood. And it, it just worked. It stuck. Okay. What was your fondest memories of ROH? Oh, man. Uh, honestly, I, I my whole time there was a lot of fun. And it was a very, especially being brand new in the business and the time I was with Ring of Honor from like 05 on, um, it's inv- it was an invaluable learning experience, top to bottom the entire time. I, I feel like I grew the most, though, during the HDNet period. Okay. Yeah. So I'd say that's probably my most fun time. Uh, I was less doing ring current security during the shows and more being allowed to just kind of hang out in the locker room get to know everybody and make friends and just learn a ton from watching the show yeah what's your uh, what's your opinion of the current product that they have um not bad I honestly don't watch a whole ton um but what I do see I like and I follow my buddy Red there still <laughs> awesome <clears throat> so um yeah I Back in the day, I didn't go. I my first show coming back to watching independent stuff was on Shakara, and I saw you in the ring, and you got knocked out by Brody Lee, and um, you stayed inside the ring the whole time for intermission. And like, dude, can you tell me that story? Because that story you told me the other day was awesome. Oh yeah, well, man. Uh, so I knew that that show was going to be gone from car a little bit afterwards you're gonna go out you might as well make it look like something bad happened to you um the original plan was for me to be sitting in a trash can the whole time during intermission or he was gonna move me pick me up put me in a trash can i audible that to like hey i'll just stay in the middle of the ring uh so i figured big boot just lay out during intermission just hang out see if anybody noticed uh i had a couple friends in the crowd though the philadelphia phillies my favorite baseball team in the playoffs and I had tickets and they were right down the street from where Chikara was running and they're yelling at me it's 15 minute intermission I'm just laying down the whole time 
And they're yelling at me to hurry up and go so we can go get into the game before it started. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. The Phillies. I love the Phillies, so, man. Oh, uh, yeah. So I'm glad you appreciated me laying there because my friends were pretty upset. Oh, <laughs> dude. Like, that was the first time I'm like, wow. Who is this guy? And I really need to get to know who he is. And then, you know, you know what that story reminds me of. It, like maybe, uh, maybe Ambrose or Moxley actually kind of picked that up because there was, there was a report online that it was during a house show where after he got curb stomped, he he laid there until everybody left. <laughs> I think he took. I think he took that idea from you, man. But like when I saw that, and then I saw you at Ring Honor TV taping. And I went and I got a streamer and I threw it right in there for you and then you said thank you and that was that was kind of awesome. <laughs> That's always nice when you get any streamers in one streamer and you can if you just get one streamer like I did, you can single out the guy and say thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was the best piece of advice that uh you got from uh, Quack and Bush? If there was anything you could take from anything he tell, told you. Honestly, not like necessarily like one thing specific. Just the, actually the opportunities again, he really benefited me a lot. Uh, as far as when I started doing the Grizzly Redwood gimmick, uh, Chicago was a place I was really able to go and learn and grow the character a good bit and really get into it. Um, so just the opportunity in general from him was probably the best thing I ever got. Yeah, that's not bad. No. So, so you and Brody Lee, and this is true, Eddie Kingston was in the Roughnecks? Yeah, yeah, we were a trios out in Chikara, and I was thinking we were getting ready to do a tag team with Bertie and Eddie, and I just happened to walk into it. So uh, the, originally, the two of them, I was like the uh, the reluctant member. Uh, like I was real happy to be there, but they were like, oh, what are we doing with this little guy? So, so you... we, we splintered off with Eddie, and me and Bertie, I had a lot of fun tagging with him. Like, he, that dude's amazing. So it sounds like you're like the Spike Li- uh, Spike, um, Dudley. Spike, Spike Dudley. Spike yeah, Dudley. Yeah, I was definitely the Spike Dudley of the Roughnecks. <laughs> <laughs> so on, um, we just had an interview with uh, Bryce Ramsberg recently and asking him about his favorite uh, King of Trios memory. Oh, yeah. I heard it. It's a good interview. Yeah, he was talking about how his, his um, favorite memory was like the 1-2-3 kid being there. But you being part of the, the Trios tournament before, like, um, what was your favorite moment back then? Uh, I mean, the one, two, three kid thing with Gennaro Gennarico was amazing. If people haven't seen that yet, go out of your way to try and find it. Uh, the one trios match I can remember at King of Trios that I enjoyed the most that I was involved in was against Team Uppercut. It was me, Brody Lee, Eddie Kingston versus uh, the legendary Dave Taylor, Claudio Castagnoli, or Cesaro, and Brian Danderson, Daniel Bryan. Uh, was that the one year where... Um... Where Chuck Taylor tapped out Daniel Bryan? I don't remember. It might have been. Yeah, because because I because I remember uh, Team Uppercut. Like, you know what? I I probably was at that show. So <laughs> it, it was probably that then, because I think that's the only time they. I think that Trios weekend was the only time they had that team. Yeah. But uh, that was a lot of fun. Those dudes are all amazing, and that's where uh, Claudio gave me the the world record for the big swing. <laughs> So I was listening to an interview, and um, you you were talking about Bobby Dempsey, and um, they told you about the Briscoes. You had to make them look good. Can you tell that story? Yeah. So um, it was when I was still Mitch Franklin, and Gabe Sapolsky was still the Booker at Ring of Honor. And you would get pre-show emails telling you what you're doing. And, you know, as a student, it was pretty rare if we got an email because usually we were just doing pre-show stuff. 
And I was fortunate enough, I think it was a pay-per-view too, to get on the opening of the pay-per-view where me and Silas Young were going to wrestle the Briscoes. And I'm sitting at the computer in the hotel room reading the breakdown, like, you know, just make these guys look great. I told Bobby Dempsey, look, I'm going to try and break my neck to make these guys look good. Uh, so I, I, and then, because that was around a time that things were starting to click for me a little bit more. And I was like, you know, if I could fill that role, that's no one else is doing that. Um, and it was actually the first time after that, the next week of the school, it's the first time I think uh, Gabe ever gave me a compliment, went out of his way to tell me how much he liked the match. That's awesome, man. That... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of cool when you get compliments by um, somebody that you're learning. And how was yeah, it? Yeah, no, it definitely made you taking steps in the right direction. How was it working with the Briscoes? Oh, I love those dudes. They're amazing. They're they're another level of good. Their first match was at ECWA, in I think it was in Wilmington, and I remember watching them for their first match and just being like, "Who are these guys?" <laughs> And then, like, many years later, like, when they were wrestling down in Orlando during WrestleMania weekend for um, Supercard of Honor, it was the Briscoes against Tyler Black and um, his partner, Age of the Fall. Who was it again? Was it Jimmy Jacobs? Yeah, Jimmy Jacobs. And I remember watching that match after they had their, like, their ladder ladder match that everybody was, like, going crazy about. And it was just like, my God, these guys have gone, they have come a long way. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the whole Briscoe's Age of the Fall stuff was absolutely amazing. And uh, the Briscoe's, they're just actual real-life characters, man. They're just goofy dudes. <laughs> so, um, I was looking up, you were a tag team champion in PWX, the yeah, Great Doors. PWX, me, me and uh, the Mad Scout Jake Manning were the Great Outdoors. What, like, how did you get that name? Did you get it from the movie, or... The Great Outdoors, yeah, I think Jake actually came up with it, the, uh, the, the real-life Eagle Scout. Okay. <laughs> who did you who did you um, face to win the tag team titles? Uh, we faced a team of Chip Gay and Corey Hollis. Still a couple of dudes going at it uh, down there in the North Carolina area. Okay, okay. Um, I was looking up. Um, I, I I was having fun looking you up tonight, man. <laughs> and, um, I, I I ran across um a Dante Castle traveling tights. Episode 18. Oh, yeah, we did that. Uh, I believe we had an independent show in North Carolina somewhere. And he was doing that little, he was doing the YouTube show. He's a funny dude, too. I was like, sure, why not? Opportunity to get my my, my face out there, my name out there a little more. And uh, it's easy to play off him because he's just a funny guy. Yeah. Was that, was that all true stories that you were talking or they were just made up stuff for your character? I'm sure they were all true. All true, like you have a twin yeah, sister. A little lumberjack cannot tell a lie. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, did you have a twin sister? I do have a twin sister. Yeah. Okay. Actually, I do. Okay, I was I was watching that. Then you were. Yeah, no, I have a twin sister and five other babies, or four other baby sisters. Okay. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was just checking if that was real story. It was like it was a awesome watch. You know what I mean? It's like oh, oh this yeah, is awesome. Story. I love true stories. You know what I mean? It, it, <laughs> That's why I got. That's why I love reading everybody's bio. You know what I mean? Nice. <laughs> so, um, one of your one of your fears in the business. What do you don't want to do? And they try to get you to do. I know Delo Brown. Hey, not Delo Brown. Um. Oh my gosh, Devon um, Dudley. He doesn't like going up ladders, and they made told him he had to go. Well, here's, well, here's another example. Sid going to the top rope. Yeah. 
probably never should have gone to the top rope. <laughs> or, 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 or the second rope, actually. <laughs> do, you, yeah. do, you, do you have any fears? Um, I mean, within reason, as long as it's somewhere I can control my bump or anything, I'm fine. Okay. Uh, I don't think I'd ever have any interest in doing a death match. Okay, yeah. Uh, light tubes and panes of glass and stuff like that, I think that, that doesn't interest me very much. Like what happened in Stan Alone? Uh, Who dishes well, it? <clears throat> those matches are happening everywhere right now. Yeah. Uh, it's just not my cup of tea. Who dishes out the hardest chop? Necro Butcher. Hands down the Necro Butcher. The thing I love about uh, that answer is the fact that you gave it immediately. <laughs> yeah, dude, because he chopped me once. Once, and I could feel it in the middle of my spine. <laughs> He still should have got the Oscar for in the wrestler. You know what I mean? Gosh. Yeah, he definitely should have won Best Supporting Actor. <laughs> oh, Gus, that was a great movie. Were you in that film or not? No, I wasn't in it. I worked on it when they were doing the, uh, the weekend of filming with Ring of Honor. Okay. Like, that whole movie, it put um, Ric Flair in tears. So that that makes him mean something. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Um, do you have any pet peeves in the business? Like, um... I know Sean Carr um, doesn't like referees with their shirts untucked. The, the biggest thing that people always mention is like just the overall like res- the level of respect. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I would definitely not a fan of a ref having a shirt untucked. So always like a little bit professional. Um, yeah. Along with me too is uh, I don't like. I, I have no time for people who aren't putting in effort, like full hundred percent effort. Yeah. Uh, especially when I was helping, I was out training at the Ring of Honor wrestling school for a couple of years, and uh, I just outgrew any tolerance for people who weren't really in it to, to really go after it. Yeah. Or people who thought they could skirt my work, you know. <laughs> yeah. So I saw you hit the PWI 500 four times in 09, um, 2010, 11, and 12. I didn't even know I, I was in 11 and 12. I remember 2009 to 10. <laughs> yeah, hey, you what were. Was I, what was I ranked? You I were. For 11, you were 404. And um, 12, you were 330. Oh, man. I kept dropping every year. <laughs> <laughs> like, my whole question is because I know um, a friend of mine, Brian Socha, loved, like, checking the PWI to look, see who um, was on there. You know what I mean? He was happy when he was on there the fir- for the first time. Were oh, you yeah, so was I. Well, one, I mean, one of the other things that we, because we talked, yeah, we talked about this for another episode. It was like, when people look at the PW, PWI, especially for like the top 10, I mean, since it's kind of a kayfabe publication, but at the same time, most people always say that they think it's a neat, you know, neat sort of deal when they even see their name on there. So yeah, well, I think it's neat. And honestly, like, so I, I was growing up, internet fandom was, it was a thing. It was early on, but it was a thing. I was, I've never been a big computer guy. I never really followed wrestling through the internet. And a lot of the indie wrestling stuff I was able to find out about, I found out through PWI. Like, I, I found out about Ring of Honor through PWI. I found out that they had a school through PWI. So when I got in it for the first time, I was stoked. Because uh, I read this magazine about wrestling, and now I'm in it. It was a little, it was like a small goal, feeling like you kind of accomplished what you were setting out to do. What's um, what's your opinion of Dave Meltzer and the idea of star ratings for matches? I mean, it's just things. I got, I got no issue with it. I don't have to agree with him, but I got no issue with him doing it. 
Yeah, because a lot of people, like, they'll, they'll mention it's like, I'm, well, not even specifically him, but just whenever you see a rating for a match, and it's like, well, that's just coming from one person. That doesn't mean everybody yeah, else is going to agree with it. It's like movie ratings, where you can only take it, you can't take everything exactly for its word, because wrestling, like movies, like TV shows, like anything you can rate or do a review on, it's all subject to that one person. Yeah. So, I like to do table five. You're you're, you're the head of the table and you got four guests from your career, you know what I mean, or somebody you looked up to. Who would be the other four guys to sit at your table? Uh, do they have to be people I've met or people I've never met? Um, they be, you, do they have to be alive? In general, you can pick whoever. Ooh, uh, let's see. Macho Man. Ooh. Ricky Steamboat. Jake Roberts. Okay. And I'm the head of the table, so one more? Yep. King Kong Bundy. Okay. King Kong Bundy. That's a good King one. King Kong Bundy. He, before he passed, man, he, um, I talked to him, and he, um, man, can't believe he was go- he's going that fast, man. Yeah, he was great, too, man. He was a talent. Oh, yeah. I don't, that's the kind of guy I want to wrestle. Someone who's just so incredibly larger than life. Oh, yeah. Gosh. Well, I, there there was another topic where people were talking about like Hogan back in his you know late his eighties uh, and nineties heyday, like how he was looked up to as a character so well because he had really good opponents, and King Kong Bundy definitely was one of them. Oh yeah, no, hundred percent. Hogan was great. You you brought up um, Jake Roberts. Um, check out um, Peanut Butter Falcon. Peanut Butter Falcon. What's Peanut Butter Falcon? It's a it's a movie. Um, it's about um, a special needs kid that wants to be a wrestler, and it's like uh, a Huckie, Huckleberry Finn movie with Shia Buff. Oh, I can't say his name. <laughs> and they go through like all the way down the um the river and all to get to a wrestler that he wanted to be trained by. It was Jake Roberts. No, Jake Roberts was oh. his friend. Okay. <laughs> Whatever you do, do not watch the movie with Corey Feldman and Bret Hart. <laughs> wait, wait, wait! That was a thing. What Corey Feldman and Bret Hart? Yeah. Yeah. Um. That came. I don't know if it came out yet. I forgot the name of it, but it was the the trailer for it was so bad. It was bad. Wait, I, I didn't have wait, a chance wait, to look for this it. This isn't like an old movie. This is a new movie. It's a it's a horror film, it and recent. it's new. It was recent. Yeah. I haven't had a chance to find it. Oh, you just guys. You guys just gave me something to do after this. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, Bret Hart's in a movie? Oh, I didn't yeah, see that. I gotta see. Um, would you do it? Um, if you went back in time, would you do it all over again? 100%. That's awesome. Would, I only, uh, I only had one person told me no. Would you do anything differently? Oh. Oh, man, there's always stuff you can do differently. Uh, if yeah. I had the wherewithal, no one would happen. But, but, like, as far as, I mean, because whenever people get asked that question, they always, like, you know, you won't put thought into it and be like, there's a lot of things I can mention, but what's the first thing that comes to mind? Um, I'd have put more into it early on. Okay. I'd have put more into it early on. I delayed, you know, there were circumstances preventing me from moving back up to Philadelphia to train more, but uh, if I could, yeah, if I had a choice to go back and do it again, I'd have moved up sooner. Okay. <clears throat> I am a big um, fan of hearing stories about ribs or pranks, whatever you want to call them. So, have you been ribbed or pranked in the in your entire career, or have you done it 
to somebody. Oh, man. So the Ring of Honor Wrestling School, especially back 2006, 2007, uh, every day on Ring Crew was ribs on each other pretty much. It was just everybody messing with each other, trying to make themselves laugh and a couple other people laugh because, uh, man, Ring Crew was tough. Uh, you guys know Ring of Honor at one point had the top of the class trophy? No. So the top of the class trophy was something Gabe Sapolsky made so the students had something to fight for. And it was just a trophy. Whoever had the trophy, it would get messed with. One time, um, the wrestler by the name of Derek Dempsey had the trophy. He walked away for half an hour, and somehow they managed to duct tape it to the ceiling of the locker room. (laughs) Yeah. Were there any wrestlers who nobody wanted to rip because they were afraid of what would happen? Um, I mean, honestly, most of the ribbon that I dealt with was us guys on ring crew. Mm-hmm. Um, never really ribbed anybody in the locker room. I, I think all of them I wouldn't do it to. <laughs> I want to go back a minute, back to like um, Austin Ayers training you. Who was in your class? It was it was just me and Red Titus. That's it. Okay, okay. Uh, we had another guy who was there for the first day. He moved from Ohio. He brought all his stuff. And on the second day, he was not there. And we never saw him again. Uh-huh. <laughs> so just me and old Gretzky. And his name was Vacant. And that's why he won all the titles. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it sounds like a, sounds like a typical orientation day at uh, Amazon. I, like yeah. when I seen you and um, Red Titus together and like seeing how good friends you guys were it was kind of cool yeah, man, like, so we, we started again. the first thing I saw when I walked into pro wrestling school for my first day of training was Red Titus in a baggy wife beater doing the worst uh, quad stretch I've ever seen in my life like, you had no <laughs> idea how to do it um, yeah honestly a couple of the best things I got out of wrestling is my friendship with Red and my friendship with uh, Ernie Osiris that's awesome that's awesome yeah man like Red to this day is still one of my best friends Here's here, here's a question uh, as far as the training goes. So, back in um, my God, this would have been like early two thousand. I remember there was a uh, there was a train there was a training school in Wilmington. I tried out for it and like just took a couple bumps and everything. And was when you first started, were there things about like as far as taking the bump taking or the the running the ropes or everything where it was like okay, this was easy easy to pick up. But then there was other things where it was like. Wow, I did not expect this to hurt like hell. Oh, yeah. So I never... I mean, this is all subject to my memory, too. I don't remember ever uh, having a super hard time picking up as far as, like, taking a bump or in the ropes or taking certain moves or doing certain certain things. What I had a hard time picking up was the actual psychology of everything. Gotcha. And <laughs> the how and why to do things. Yeah, that's one of the things that a lot of people mention is that like, is that when you're just watching as a fan and and you want to like discuss the idea of psychology, and then when you actually talk to a wrestler, it's like, no, there's a lot more to it involved than you realize. Yeah, man, it, it can get pretty complicated. Uh, that that took me a while to pick up, and again, that goes back to saying that if I could do it again, I'd move up sooner. I'd have been able. I like to think I'd have picked up on it quicker because I'd have been doing it more often. Yeah. Um. Like, I know there's a lot of wrestlers that, like, they had some vices, and, like, one of the top vices, um, like, a legend told uh, one of the young guys, 
is shut up and listen. Have you been told? That's great advice. Is there any other advice like that that you can tell somebody younger now in this business? Keeping your mouth shut and listening to some of them, it's the most important advice you're going to give anybody. Um, And maybe tell people just be open to criticism. Don't take it personally. Be open to it because people are actually trying to help you. Okay, thank you, Fran. I understand now. <laughs> That's the story we'll talk about for later on. <laughs> um, yeah, you're a Philadelphia fan. I see you're a big Eagles and Phillies fan. Sorry, but uh, yeah, sucks. man, they uh, they could not pull it out today. The Wentz went out in the first quarter. Yeah, the helmet, helmet. That should have been a fine right there. It should be. I'm hoping they find them for it. It's uh, it's a shame, but dude, they played all year with backups, so I'm pretty excited they got. As far as they did, yeah, me too. They kept it. They kept it interesting. Are you ready for the Phillies this year? Yeah, I'm ready for baseball season. Football's over for me. Bring on pitchers and catchers. Uh, hockey season's for me right now. The Flyers, and then I go baseball. Uh, but, I like hockey, but I don't follow it until the Flyers are in the playoffs. Okay, okay. Same with me with the Sixers. I wait till the playoffs and. Yeah, same, same here. I'm, I'm too short to get into basketball. <laughs> So, who's your all-time favorite Philly? Oh, Mike Schmidt. Okay. Yeah. Mike Schmidt, greatest third baseman of all time, man. He should be everybody's favorite Philly. The funny thing is, he was a Philly for a minute and then got traded to the Cubs, but I was always a Ryan Sandberg fan. But I was still a Philly fan. Oh, man, not you and Steve Carino. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, shoot. I'm... Steve Carino locked it. I think Carino sends him a baseball card every year, or a birthday card every year. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I should I should bring that up to him next time I see Steve Carino. And yeah. Time. It's like, hey, we've got the same favorite baseball player. <laughs> <laughs> now he's going to be my favorite. Yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> but, uh, oh, gosh. But for me, for um, Philly-wise, I was always a fan of um, Darren Dalton. All of Dalton, too. Yeah, you know I mean, like, I don't know Pretty what much it was... everybody on the 93 team I loved, but you can't say Lenny Dykstra anymore. <laughs> oh, he was at Icons a couple of years ago, like, last year, I think. One yeah. of the Icons, he was just there, just moping. And I'm yeah, like... He's, uh, he's a little out of his mind. <laughs> I, I didn't know what to do to go up to him or say hello. Um, the funny thing about the Phillies, um, my mom is English. She didn't know anything about uh, baseball. Oh, wow. she, you know what I mean? She's cricket and soccer and stuff like that, you know what I mean? But um, her when she fell in love with the 93 Phillies, she loved Mitch Williams. <laughs> yeah, up until the last pitch he threw. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Carter. Oh, God. Yeah. And every time that um, I watch Big Daddy with Adam Sandler, they bring it up every time. <laughs> right, right after right after the Joe Carter home run, I remember watching that game. Like I was watching with my friend Joe, and we just turned the TV off. We were like, yep, that's it. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of how my buddies did it uh, for the 2009, 10, and 11 postseasons. <laughs> yeah, where were you when they won the World Series? So, the first night of the last game, since you know, they, they had the rain delay, so they didn't play the yeah. whole game. Yes. I was on my friend Zach, uh, who used to be the head of ring crew. I was on his roof deck watching with a bunch of friends. Then the rain delay happened. Two days later, I ended up watching it, uh, the last outs, in my grandparents' living room with my grandma and grandpa. Oh, gosh. 
So, yeah. oh, it was awesome. But then I met up my buddies and we ran down to Frankfurt and Common and got <laughs> into that mess. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, for me, I was um, I was working the first night and I'm like looking at my phone like every second. I'm like, what the hell's going on? Why is there? Why is nothing going on? And I'm calling like George at the time and George is like, it's a rain delay. How long is the rain delay going to be? And like he's insane. <laughs> and, and then like and then like I'm getting done around like one o'clock at night. I'm like looking at my phone. I'm like, okay, what happened? And then I'm like looked up the the next game, like the game part two. Yeah. And I was like, I was home for that, and I was watching it in my oh, living room. See, it happened for a reason. Oh yeah, and I'm watching the living room, and like the first thing we did was jump in the car, went to um, a, um I'm from Delaware County, from a Chichester area, and yeah. there's there's a bar called the Bulldog, and all my friends were there, so we went there and. Celebrated at the um, bar. Uh, yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. I, that was some of the best times I've ever had, man. I love going to those games. Here's a funny, uh, here's a funny story for you. So this is what happened after the Eagles won the Super Bowl. So after they won the Super Bowl, and like because Dave and I are both, we both do Uber and Lyft, <laughs> and and I was in Delaware, and I said, okay, I'm gonna take some rides because there's probably people getting high and drunk right now. And, and so I took maybe four or five rides. I said, I'm not going to take any more because everybody else is going to want to go up to Philly and I'm going to get stuck. So then oh, Dave, God. he calls me up later on. He's like, dude, I'm stuck in Philly. I can't get out. <laughs> like, dude, some a-hole some a spit on my car. And I'm like, what the fuck? He did that yeah. in celebration, man. I was like, why are you yeah, spitting yeah, on my car for? That's a celebratory spit, okay? Welcome yeah, to Philly. It was, I, I didn't want to... friendly fire. Friendly fire. <laughs> I, I saw the people walking by. I'm like, yep, I'm not getting out of the car. I'm it not going to hit him. No, it was like the story of yeah, when no, they were... It was a mob house in the city after the game. I, I, I had no desire to venture out there. <laughs> it was it was that funny story about how the uh, the police were, like, greasing up the light posts or whatever. Oh, they do, pe- dude, I saw, I saw people, that after, like, the Phillies won the World Series. People were still uh, climbing up. Those. If people, look, man, if people are drunk and they want to do something exciting, Crisco is not going to stop them. <laughs> you put your mind to it, you can accomplish anything. Yeah. So, like, the first person I called was my dad when the Eagles won. I was driving still, and I was like, Congrats, Dad, you saw a Super Bowl. Yeah, nah, I called my grandpa. Just did the same thing. Because, like, my, my dad remembers the. Uh, when they won the cha- last champion against the Lombardi with the Green Gosh. Bay game. Yeah, and, it was forever ago. That wasn't even a Super Bowl. Yeah. And my dad remembered all that and I was like I was happy he saw a Super Bowl. And I, and then I got and then I got a little bit upset because my cousin was a big Eagles fan. He passed away. My grandfather passed away back in ninety seven. I'm like, wow, I wish they were alive to see this. Because they would have been happy. Yeah. But Here's a question. Um, talk, I mean, talking about like sports and everything, and just favorite moments with that. What's your favorite moment in wrestling, as far as from a fan perspective goes? Oh, that's a tough one. The, the, the forming of the mega powers. Oh, that is awesome. As far as far as a childhood memory, that one hundred percent. Yeah. But then, but then when they when they had their uh, rivalry, it's like I saw the twinkle in your eye. <laughs> no, no, dude, it's probably one of the best stories ever told, start to finish in WWE. Yeah, um, I, lo- I, lo- I loved it, start to finish. It was exciting. Oh, Macho Man and Exciting and gripping and fun. They were they were they were on top of their game around that yeah. time. Yeah. <clears throat> My gosh, I remember, dude. I love the eighties. I love everything about the um. <laughs> 
junkyard dog, man. Oh yeah, <laughs> dude. These are the guys that I fell in love with, and I remember <laughs> when Rock and Wrestling was on TV, and and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is great. You, you know who did the voice of Hulk Hogan, right? Who's it? You know, um, everybody loves Raymond, his brother, the big oh, dude. That was him? Yeah, he did Hulk Hogan's voice, <laughs> and Junkyard Dog was Uncle Phil from um, um, um Fresh Prince. Yeah, Uncle Phil was also Shredder in the Ninja Turtles. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> it's so weird, ain't it? <laughs> oh gosh. Um, um. Okay, I like this. Um, favorite movie ever? Rocky. Rocky. I get. Question: Do you know um, Rocky's turtles' names? Yeah, he's got Cuff and Link, and they are still alive. Yes, they are. Oh my gosh! They're not still alive. It's Stallone owns them. We were just we were just talking about Rocky just um just last week or the week before, saying mm-hmm. about about when people have emotion, the emotional investment that people have in char- in like very strong characters, mm-hmm. where even when it comes to wrestling, like where it's like people know that it's it's an act. And everything, but they could put that all aside when they're just enjoying what they're watching. Yeah, you just need to enjoy it. And it's like, so like, getting behind a character in wrestling, it's got to be something you can relate to. Yeah. I think. Like Rocky. You know, I love Rocky because I can relate to being an underdog. Oh, yeah. You know, I can, I can relate. Same with the movie Rudy. I can relate to being an underdog and being undersized and being told, hey, you're small, you can't do it. You're small, you can't do it. So you got to find something the majority of the fans in the crowd can relate to with you. Yeah, I love that scene in Rudy when everybody got their um, jersey. This is for oh, Rudy. Yeah. This oh, is yeah. for Rudy. I don't this... think that really happened, but it's a good scene. Yeah. This this here here's here's a story. Like and this comes to like especially with uh people on like WWE television, how you'll look at certain people and they look like they're not that big, but they're actually much bigger than they look. Like, oh yeah, there's definitely times. It's a lot of WWE guys, a lot of AEW guys. They don't look that big on TV. And the only person is a wolf. Well, this well this <laughs> happened. This happened around. It was it was No Way Out 2000, I believe, or whichever pay per view had like three stages of hell between Triple H and Austin. Yeah. So there was. I was with a group of friends of mine, and this was in like Claymont, Delaware. And we were all watching, and then X-Pac came out. And, every, and like, everybody was giving him shit because, you know, X-Pac, he, like, whatever. But they were just like, oh, F this guy. I could kick his ass, blah, blah, blah. And, like, one of my friends who's a big Waltman fan, he just looks at them and he was like, dude, X-Pac is, like, six foot plus 220, and he knows martial arts. He can whip yeah, your ass. <laughs> I I um was at one of the House of Hardcore shows. And um, I saw Shane Douglas sitting there, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to talk to him. You know what I mean? Been, been a fan of his for a long time. I'm like, cool, I'm going to talk to him. And Ricky Steamboat was in the ring and all that. And when he got up, I'm like, wow, you're short. And, like, he goes, oh, I get that a lot. And I'm like, <laughs> because, like, we're, like, almost the same height. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I thought you were bigger. I'm, like, thinking he was, like, six foot ten. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, that's the thing. It's also with how they present themselves when they're on TV. Is yeah. that some? It, it's, oh, it's, yeah. it's kind of like the whole thing with like Tom Cruise. Like you know, he he presents himself as larger than life. You don't realize he's like four foot ten or whatever. Dude, Randy Savage is another one. Randy Savage was always on his tippy toes because he wanted to be larger than life. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was a pretty big guy anyway. Yeah, though. he was six two, and um, yeah. but Hogan six five. You had the Warrior a little bit taller. And he just was on his tippy toes because he thought he was short. 
He he had a little craziness in his head anyway, thinking. Hey, yeah, no, it worked though. It, it kind of added to him. Yeah. So I recently saw you at Standalone Wrestling, and you were in the Battle Royal. How was that? It was a lot of fun, man. Uh, I just it was like being 2006 again, where I follow Red Titus to a show and try to get on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was a lot of fun. I was really appreciative they put me in it. Chad, Chad's a good guy, and I think he's a he great really promoter. Is, he really is. He's a hard-working promoter. Like, he cares about his employees, and I read something earlier, and I was like, oh, my gosh, dude, you're a saint to him. Because I was yeah, like, you know, he's, a, he's a real good promoter. I thought it was pretty funny, though. I don't know if you noticed. He was, uh, I believe, Facebook Live filming the the whole show with his phone. Yeah. But at one point, he had his, his, his kid in his arm the whole time. Oh, my gosh, yes, he was. He was also watching his kid. His his kid reminded me of um, Bobby's World, the little Bobby character. I was like, we oh, need... he did look like Bobby from Bobby's World. Yes, <laughs> and I'm like, I need he needs that um, bike. You know what I mean? Just <laughs> big wheel. Yes, 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 yes. So I got a bucket list of ca- um, people that you worked or you wrestled. If you had like one um, one word about them, or you got a cool story about them, Is, you ready? Yeah, let's do it. Neko Butcher. Uh, the hardest chop I've ever been hit with in my life, but always an extremely nice guy to me. Champa. Uh, one of the hardest working people I've ever met. Um, let's go player Deuce and player Uno. Um, good dudes. They're, they're, they're doing well out there. No, yeah, they're doing good, man. I'm happy for them. Roddick Strong. Um, the fastest person I've ever been in a ring with. What do you uh, mean? Also, also an extremely helpful dude. What do you mean fastest? Fastest. He just has he has another gear that I don't think there's anybody else out there that has in them. Okay, if okay. Anybody else can kick a match into fifth gear. Roddy goes into sixth and seventh gear somehow. Okay, okay. Um, Kevin Steen Owens. Um, great dude. Another great dude. <laughs> Super talented. Um. If you get a chance on um, look up Greg Spitz's interview, he has a story about um, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens um, pranking him. Oh, uh, yeah? Yeah. I've never had them prank me, man. They, they were always very helpful to me. Orange Cassidy. I, I love that. Dude, <laughs> the gimmick is funny, but when the when it comes push comes to shove, that dude can go. Uh, um, he's an extremely talented wrestler. The whole and beyond, beyond the pockets gimmick. He's a super talented wrestler. The whole and stable. Um, insects. <laughs> insects. <laughs> um, Brody Lee. Um, oh, I love him. Uh, one of my one of my favorite favorite bits of business in wrestling was with him. I when I saw him get um, go run into WWE, I was happy for him. Yeah, number two. Um, I had a singles match with him one year at Trios. Okay. And it's probably it's probably my favorite match I ever had. Um, Mike Tobin. Who's that? I'll say that again. Mike Tobin. I saw Mike you had Tobin. a Yeah, I saw you had a match with him. Oh, I do. I'm not you know, familiar with the name. <laughs> he was one of the chick magnets in ECWA. Oh man, uh, I don't remember, unfortunately. Okay. Um, uh, that happens. <laughs> Quackenbush. Um, smart guy. Smart guy. Um, Colt Cabana. 
that dude's a pioneer, isn't he? Yes, he is. Oh, we're all doing an interview over the phone right now because of Cole Cabana. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. He, he really, he really changed the landscape of wrestling. Yes, he did. I dude, I love listening to his um, podcast. Yeah, no, no. I'm saying like, look, look at everything his podcast spawned afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Jay Lethal. Um, Ring of Honor. That's what I think of when I think of Jay Lethal. Yeah. I still like his um, Macho Man um, <laughs> thing going on. The, the Black Machismo. Yeah, no, I, really, I really enjoyed all of his impression work. But uh, even outside of that, that dude is amazing. What about the... Uh, the Extremely Bris- talented. <clears throat> the, the Briscoe Brothers. What's that? The Briscoes. Um, hilarious. <laughs> those dudes are hilarious. I had uh, a couple of fun road trips with those guys. I think my favorite story, or the favorite bit from them, was when they were doing the uh, the the newscast on the uh, one the one TV station. <laughs> um, I enjoyed once one year for final battle, which Ring of Honor does always around Christmas. Um, he had me and uh, two other students, uh, Pelly Primo and Bobby Dempsey. And me and Pelly dressed up as elves because we're both short. And Bobby <laughs> Dempsey dressed up as Santa Claus. Now, Bobby carried me out in <laughs> Santa's bag. And I popped out of the bag to throw T-shirts <laughs> to everybody. And the Briscoes came out and just hit Santa with a chair, uh, put me back in the bag and gave me a suplex. They gave, gave Pelly a Death Valley driver and then they popped me up in the air, flipped me head over heels uh, in the middle of the ring on Final Battle for Christmas. That was a lot of fun. Gosh, I was ready to say Bobby uh, um, Bobby Dempsey, Dempsey was... Yeah. And that that's just... Yeah. That's a good story right there. Yeah. Uh, Mike Bennett. Uh, great dude. Great dude. Um, underrated. Yes. I think he's very underrated. I am upset what they're trying to do with him in WWE. And I, I haven't seen, but um, he's a guy who should be on everybody's radar. He's extremely good. Yeah, I see how talented he is, and I was like, I can't believe WWE just screwed him over. I... Yeah, I mean, I'm not there. I don't know what's going on. If I, I mean, I yeah. I'd put him in NXT. It'd be a perfect fit for him. I agree. Jigsaw. Um, again, another guy who I think is very underrated. Uh, he actually came in at a match with me as a Mitch Franklin at Ring of Honor, and it was uh, definitely the best match I had had up to that point by a long shot. That was all Jigsaw. Uh, let's go with Charlie Haas. Uh, retired. <laughs> I like that answer. Retired. <laughs> uh, Adam Cole. Um, another hardworking dude. He used to actually come to the Ring of Honor school early on in his career and train with us. Um, yeah, he's just an extremely hardworking dude. Super happy he's successful. And the funny thing is, looking at him, I, um, I consider him going to be the next WWE champion. I think he's the next Shawn Michaels. Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't disagree with that at all. For sure, he can be the next Shawn Michaels. Your buddy, in that, Rick- in that he can be at the top of his game for a very long time. I, I know that we're doing the name game, but we actually talked about this, and um, Adam Cole came up. Where, what's your opinion on like the cool heels? It's just a sign of the times right now, man. It's just the way everything trended. 
don't quite know why, but it is. Well, one of the other things that was... And, uh, it could also be kind of a demographic thing. Like, yeah. All right, we might think Adam Cole is cool, but does a six-year-old kid think he's cool, or does he hate him for being arrogant? You know... Good question. What was the... Uh, wasn't there, like, a video clip or something like that of, like, one of the Make-A-Wish kids who... It was... Um, they didn't want John Cena. They wanted The Miz. And this was around the time when The Miz was a bastard heel. Yeah. I don't know that one. You, I have to look yeah, at Yeah, you need to sure. look that up. There's also times where sometimes the heels these days are so good that you can't help but to like them. What? Yeah, what? Well, if, if a Make-A-Wish kid wants anything, you give it to him. Oh, yeah. When, <laughs> whether, it's a, whether the guy's a heel or not. Um, I think I say this a lot on the podcast and all when my mom was in the hospital. And one of my favorite heels was Rick Rude. And, like, I didn't know what happened to him because no internet, nothing like that. You know what I mean? Right. My mom's dying of cancer. The last thing I heard was, your mom's going to die in, like, three months or something like that. Oof. She lived till seven years because we went somewhere else. And that was, nice. we went to Penn. You know what I mean? Penn saved her. Yeah. For seven years. You know what I mean? But, um, but the first thing, walking down the hallway, I looked, I'm looking looking at TVs going by, walking back and forth. Because I was at the time, I was 11 years old, and I saw Rick Root on TV. And I'm like, oh, crap, there's Rick Root. What's going on? What is this? And it was WCW, and that's where I fell in love with WCW. Yeah, no, Rick Root was awesome. Rick Root, the only guy on Nitro and Raw at the same time. See, yeah, he, yeah. see, back then I was skinny. Now I'm fat. He, he's going to be like calling me like the fat out of shape. <laughs> sexy, the, uh, not the sexy sweat hogs. <laughs> my God, the fat out of shape sweat hogs. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Jacobs. Um, another really smart guy. Um, I don't think he's over, I don't think he's underrated, but I think he's, he's finally getting the credit he deserves for how, how much of a good mind he has for wrestling. Yeah. That was one of the things that uh, Jericho was talking about was because everybody always thinks that everything that he uses is like Jericho's idea, but he was like, no, the list of Jericho was Jimmy Jacobs' idea, so. Yeah, no, uh, Jericho was very vocal. Uh, when he was, the la his last WWE run, if he had anybody who had to write or produce for him, he wanted Jimmy Jacobs to do it. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's high praise, man. Uh, Steve Carino. Another great guy, a fellow Phillies fan. Yes. <laughs> have you seen his son out there? His son's really good. I have Colby, yeah, yeah. I've, uh, I've been with quite a few shows with Colby, man. Yeah, um... There's definitely a, he's definitely a kid to keep your eye on. Yeah, there was a match with him versus Eric Martin. Have you heard of Eric Martin? Sounds familiar, yeah. Yeah, he looks like a, um... Uh, what's his name? Um... Ah, WWE guy. I can't think with long hair, but... He got a haircut now, but... He wrestled Kobe, and I was like, holy crap, you guys had one of the best matches of the night. And Kobe was happy, and it was cool. It was cool yeah, meeting no, him. He's good, man. He's very good. He should be. He grew up in wrestling rings. <laughs> um, Let's go with Dasher Hatfield. I love that gimmick. Yeah, no, I do too. He's, uh, he's very talented as well. Um, Sugar Dunkinton. Heavy, man. Sugar Dunkinton's heavy. <laughs> uh, me and Birdie Lee did a, a little program with Sugar Dunkerton and Dasher Hatfield as a tag team. Uh, Sugar Dunkerton's a good dude, too, though. But, uh, he was a little heavy with some of his, uh, sentons. 
I went to one Shakara show and like um, Cesaro was um, trying to sell his stuff. Um, Sarah Del Rey was sell, trying to sell her stuff and all that. And like out for nowhere, um, bunch of um, guys would start dancing and like Cesaro's like, "Come on, man! I want to I want to sell stuff here." And like the whole time intermission, like it was over, they were all dancing. Wow. <laughs> that was just funny how that all. Yeah. Sarah Del Rey is a null person. What you? What about her? Um, she, man, there's another person who's had uh, unsung. I guess she has gotten credit for all the contribute contributions she's made to women's wrestling. Yes, like it's at where it's at now because of her. I wish she had some time in WWE. Maybe have a. I do too. I don't like to have seen her at least have a match. Yeah, I always wanted to see her have a match. She's my favorite um, women's wrestler. Yeah, no, she's phenomenal. Yeah. Here's one. It's not a name, but the the, the current state of um, wrestling, like as far as companies that people can work at and everything. What do you, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> you lost me though. <laughs> no, okay. Like, no, we talked about this before. It was basically like when, when we interviewed other people, they were like, yeah, like it, now is a good time to be a wrestler just because oh, there's so many companies out okay. there. Yeah, I got what you're saying. There's, there's, there's more opportunity out there than there has been in quite a long time. Yeah, there is. Um, look at all the independent stuff out there. That I... yeah, the independents, um, the major wrestling companies, there's what, three, four current companies on television right now where you can go and get work if you put in the time. Yeah. And like a lot of independent um, companies are going right on the fleet TV. Yeah, yeah. The the internet opens up a whole other thing too. Yeah, it's like I saw H2O just did fleet TV. And that's kind of awesome to see. Well, you got so many many places to watch stuff now. It's not just TV. It's the High Spots Network app, the Fight app, the BR Live app. You there's a lot of opportunity out there with getting eyes on you. Yeah. Here's one. How do you feel about um, social media and wrestling? Um, man, I don't love social media. That doesn't mean I don't use it. I'm on it every day. Um, I'm just not good at Twitter. Uh, it is what it is. <laughs> People can use it, obviously use it to their advantage and make a good name for themselves on it. It's just uh, not necessarily for me. I, I'm horrible with Instagram and Snapchat. Twitter? You just gotta yeah, look at I don't even bother with Snapchat. Twitter? <laughs> you just gotta look at Mr. President. He's the expert. Oh, <laughs> yeah, right. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jimmy Rave. Um, Jimmy Rave was a guy who was underrated at one point. Yeah. Yeah, I got a couple more names here. Your boy, Red Titus. Um, I'm hoping Rhett gets a very big break soon. Uh, he's extremely talented. He goes out of his way for his opponents. And uh, I hope it pays off for him big time very soon. Like, I went to the Halloween. That's where I met you for the first time. Yeah. And um, the Halloween little thing, it was, it was kind of... Um, Weird, uh, like yeah, the, uh, the farm festival. Yeah, it was like show. it was like um, Woodstock for hippies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was like Woodstock for uh, Halloween fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I was, I was, I, went, I came up with Marlon um, Dinkins, um, Dinkins, Dinkins, yeah. um, and um, 
And like the first time, and I saw you guys all taking down the um, the ring, and I'm like, wow, Red's been in the business for a long time. He's d- taking down the ring. I've seen Grizzly taking the ring down, and I'm like, wow, I love that. You know, what I mean, I love seeing veterans taking the lead, doing yeah, stuff. You've never done it too long to not be able to help people. Yeah, you know, Chad had to get all that stuff out of there, and he needed help, so why not help? Yeah. You know what? You that, know, he gave me the opportunity to go out and wrestle a couple of days that weekend. I can help him put his ring away. Yeah. That actually brings up a story. It was it was from Chikara. It was a time when um, Joey Styles was there, like doing doing the commentary or whatever. And uh-huh. the the story was basically like I, I guess Styles wanted to help with doing some of the ring crew stuff, and I guess like one of the ring crew guys was kind of like. You don't have to do any of that stuff. I mean, you're you're Joey Styles. Like, you know, it's not necessary. And he was like, dude, I'm just trying to help. Yeah. Yeah. Not wrong with that. Yeah. Now, I, I think it's amazing that when you see stuff like that, like um, the tag team WWE, um, the big dude, like the big one that does the, big the worm. Guy. There's a lot of big guys. No, the one that does the worm or something like that. Oh, heavy machinery guy. Yeah, the heavy oh. machinery. They do it every um, every night. Yeah, man, someone's got to do it. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. Like, like I never heard, like, anybody in the back doing that stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. And people talk highly about him and them, and they do it, and they go to the next town. It's awesome. Man, never too old. Um, where was I at? Kenny King. Kenny King. Uh, charisma like nobody else. Dude, I was a fan of Kenny King and Red Titus when they were that. Yeah, game. yeah, I was a big A and X fan. And I was like, gosh, and then and then I'm like, what happened to them? And and then <laughs> because I stopped watching Ring of Honor for a minute because it went off TV, and right. the only time I could see them if I go to the TV taping in Philly. But been busy. I'm very sorry. <laughs> hey man, life happens. Um, uh, Sammy Zayn. Um. One of the most kind-hearted people you'll ever meet. Um, I hope I say his name right. Deere. De- oh, my gosh. Yeah. Off to a rough start. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Del- oh, I can't pronounce it. Where is it? Uh, delirious. Thank you. My I goodness. don't know why. Uh, my- delirious. I'm, he also helped me out a lot. Really? Um, when I moved back up to Philadelphia, he was the trainer at the school. Okay. Uh, helped me grow and learn a lot. Actually, put me in a position where I was also the assistant trainer at a certain point. That that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know why my tongue tied and I couldn't. <laughs> don't you hate that stuff? Like, it happens. Like, well, it's getting late. <laughs> yeah, true. But... It's tough to read when it's late. So. <laughs> um. Yeah. Um. Got anything? You went through, you went oh, through yeah. the list? Yeah, we went through the, the list. The, the list of Dave? The list of Dave, yes. <laughs> yeah, the list of Dave. <laughs> My bucket list. If there's anybody, I mean, I know that you talk about it, that you don't do too much <laughs> on social media, but if there's anybody that wants to follow you on social media, do you have anything that they can follow you with? Yeah, I mean, I'm on Twitter at Grizzly Redwood, and I'm on Instagram at Giant Grizz. And you know, you, know, you want to know something else? What's that? He's going to come to Icons of Wrestling in Philadelphia on April 11th and come to our table. Yeah, stop by. Say hi to me, everybody. Awesome. Yeah, I can't wait. Oh, dude, it's going to be fun. JCO, you got anything? No, I'm good. 
I'm just fucking with him. <laughs> He's quiet. <laughs> He got I stuck. Was there a third person here? Yes, there is a third person. <laughs> he's, he's the Orange Cassidy of the group. Yeah, he just puts his <laughs> thumbs out and going, yeah, I did good. I'm awesome. <laughs> Thank you. <clears throat> what, what was the nickname we called him? The, uh, what, the Cranberry Awesomeness? The Cranberry Awesomeness. That's it. That's what he is. That's His name is Cranberry Cassidy. <laughs> uh, the game is the Oracle of Independence because I mean I should just call him the Sponge because um, after the interview we had with Frankie Picard he just kind of absorbed it all. So, Dude, man, like I love I love all this everybody that comes on. You know what I mean? And it's it's all about love in the wrestling. You know what I mean? Yes. Hell yeah! Yeah, you know I mean. So, thank you. Um, be- before, do you have any dates or anything? Uh, nothing in concrete yet. Okay, okay. Keep an eye out for me. Follow me on social media and I'll let you know. Will do. So, before we go, we always mention to everybody that if there's anything that they want to post on our Facebook page, that that we leave it open for any wrestlers who want to promote upcoming shows and everything. But Dave also likes to tell everybody something. When you when you come on to the Instagory, you become family, so welcome to the family. Hey, thanks for making me part of the family, man. Happy to be here. Oh, uh, yeah. I can't, I can't wait for April 11th. I had no, to say everybody, it again. You know? Everybody stop by and get a picture. Yeah. It's going to be some fun times, you know what I <laughs> mean? And thank you for your time, too, man. It was a pleasure tonight. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Okay. I'm D.B. Richards. And this is Fran, and we got... JCL. Along with our guests tonight. Grizzly Redwood. <laughs> Grizzly Redwood. Bye, everybody. Good night. Thank you. Okay.